God in his kindness uses songs and music in different times and seasons in our life to encourage us and instruct us. But what do we do with those songs that meant a lot to us in our childhood that now as we have matured in our faith seem theologically inaccurate? Welcome to a new season of Consider It, where we consider questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider it as a ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, and the church? If so, text the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505 and we will consider your question. To learn more about redemption, you can visit redemption.bible. I'm Michael Hawkins. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Welcome back to Consider It, where we have another question to discuss this morning. Let's take it. Growing up, we sang, I have decided to follow Jesus all the time, but now I don't hear it sung in the church. Why is that? Why is that? I like this question. It's a personal question that brings in uh, uh, a real-life experience. This is where uh, theology and worship and our real life all mix, which is kind of like what this uh, podcast is all about. That's right. right. And so, I'm trying to get down to the, the practical side of things. Right. We've taken questions like this before that were more uh, theoretical about the songs that we sing, and I uh, encourage you to go back and listen to it. And uh, just here in the life of redemption, I've had uh, uh, recently a message preached from John 4 talking about genuine worship. And so I think this question really fits there. Um, as we take all that, and it's like, okay, I get the principles, but what about practically speaking? Right. And so, um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to talk through this question and, and uh, to also, as we're delving into the worship um, uh, sphere here, bringing back uh, no stranger to you, John Rhodes, to join us on the podcast. He's been with us. And so welcome, John, to Consider It. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Glad that you are here. So uh, this is, uh, you know, something that we as church staff think about often and, and uh, uh, like daily, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, the worship of God and leading God's people to worship God. And so the, uh, you know, the songs that we sing particularly are uh, very important to us. Um, you know, as we've talked about before, that uh, standard, those bumpers between spirit and in truth. Uh, that guide us into genuine worship, you know, singing true things, biblically true things, theologically accurate uh, lyrics uh, about the Lord to the Lord in a way that moves us, moving our spirit. That's vertical worship. That's genuine worship. And so now we get to analyze this uh, this particular song, right. you know, and uh, and it was a song that I think historically speaking, I know my own church upbringing that uh, we used to sing this song uh, uh, quite a bit, and uh, and it has kind of fallen by the wayside in in yeah. some ways, you know, yeah. songs. Uh, like food, have a shelf life. Uh, very few can last, you know, through the different eras and cultures and uh, um, and things. But uh, uh, and some are shorter than others. And this had a season, but uh, um, and maybe in some church context they are still singing it. But what was your uh, what was your church upbringing like, John Cap? I remember singing it uh, at the end of every a lot of services. It was like the uh, the 
trying to think of the the, the altar call song, mm. like when when the after the after the message has been preached, the sermon's been preached by the pastor. We're gonna uh, a hymn of invitation, invitational hymn, and yeah. that was one that I remember singing when I was a little boy, all the way up until I was. Uh, up until I was in high school at the church that my dad was the music minister of. And, sure. Uh, that was, that was like one of the staples. That's <laughs> right. one of the staples of that <laughs> part of that the regular part of the diet. service. Yeah. That part of the service, that song was used Gonna a Going to sing lot. this song. That's right. And so I think we're uh, pretty familiar with it here uh, amongst us. But, uh, but maybe to some of our listeners, they've never heard this song. I have decided to follow Jesus. Um, maybe it's new or... Uh, to them, or they just never even heard that. Now, there's been some other newer renditions of the song that have uh, uh, kind of cropped up uh, in recent years and things, but it's a, the the original, the traditional song, is written, I don't even, I'm not sure, do you guys know when it was written? Or, you have it before you? It was about 150 years ago. 150 years ago. All yeah. right. You know the history on it? What's the... A little bit. What's the history? Um, after looking it up, it was based out of uh, a revival that took place in Wales, mm. one of the Welsh revivals that took place 150 years ago. Lots of mi- missionaries being sent out out of Wales into all parts of the globe, and one of them landed in uh, a region of India known as Assam, mm. where comprised of hundreds of tribes, very primitive, aggressive headhunters. Mm. And in the middle of these... Uh, uh, ministries from these missionaries one pastor uh, and his family were confronted with the life or death choice of choosing to follow Christ and 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 not deny their faith and be killed or reject Christ yeah and the final words of this pastor were the cross before me the world behind me no turning back he said lines that became iconic to this hymn yeah. before not just he passed away he was killed but before his wife was killed yeah and before his children were killed wow. their whole um, family was yeah. martyred for following jesus right yeah. in front of him wow. right in front of him and that makes uh the the lyrics really come to life mm. if you're unfamiliar you can look them up but the gist is the the first verse i have decided to follow jesus i have decided to follow jesus repeated several times no turning back no turning back next verse though none go with me i still will follow though none go with me i still will follow no turning back no turning back my cross i'll carry till i see jesus my cross i'll carry till i see jesus no turning back no turning back the world behind me the cross before me no turning back no turning back and uh when you know the history where these lyrics were born out of that's that adds a a richness to them yeah it's it's even as you read the story of the hymn it's even more poignant when the person that wrote the hymn the person that penned it was the the tribal leader of the group that martyred the pastor and his family yeah he said um uh, spontaneous confession of faith he declared I too belong to Jesus uh, why should this man his wife and two children die for a man who lived in a faraway land on another continent some 2,000 years ago there must be some remarkable power behind the family's faith mm-hmm. and I too want to taste that faith 
Yeah. Wow. That's pretty, uh, pretty rich mm. history, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the debate on this song so often is, you know, is it theologically sound? But when we get to the heart of what's going on, when we understand the context yeah. of where it was written, all of a sudden yeah, things begin to change. Yeah. It's like, wow, this is, these were the last words of a, a martyr. Yeah. Um, and that all of a sudden I have decided to follow Jesus is a, it just rings a little differently. It rings a little different yeah. because, uh, and, and that's what helps us understand a song like this. And what, and, and maybe we just need to pause and kind of scale back for a moment. Why are we even talking about the history here? <laughs> right. Because it is these depths, these layers that we get to when we're trying to talk about a song that we sing in church, you yeah. know, and, uh, and why and when and how we sing a song. There's, there's, it's, it's not always just like black and white and as right. simple as, as these things. And it is the context in which we sing it as well because when we see it set in its historical context it takes on a new meaning and that is in contrast to even the environment which John was describing and how he sang it growing up or in how many churches will use this particular song or other songs you know in kind of an emotional type of uh, uh, compelling people to put their faith in Christ yeah like you have to make the decision today and uh, and and you know not in every context but it can be one of these songs that is used to emotionally manipulate people to you know walk the aisle come down yeah. front or you know do yeah. do something like that yeah you know? yeah the difference between the initial statement of faith and what this family declared yeah. at their death yeah. their like, final statement of faith there's a yeah, very a, different yeah. different set of circumstances between sure. between what is normally known as the song that right. we sing and where it became right where right it this is from. a this song i think is a is a battleground song right you know when f- your faith is hard when the enemy is tempting you um there's a uh, you know there is a, a place for a song like this for that inner resolve of no i'm 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 going to follow christ um coupled with also the biblical truth of well, it is Christ that holds us, hmm. yeah, and and I think that's where you know when we so we've got the history, we see the context in which it was sung, uh, and both right and and wrong. But then we also need to get into the well, how like theologically true is it? Yeah, you know, and I think that's where uh, many will have issue with this particular one and these lyrics. Uh, uh, because uh, left to themselves, they don't all also paint a full p- theological picture. Right. You know, these lyrics really hone in on uh, our human responsibility to choose Christ and to not turn back. Right. Yeah. Which is which is a very real thing. Mm. Like we must persevere. You know, we 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 must continue walking faithfully to the end. Uh, with Christ, and that's how our faith is proved out, right? And uh, and we are not robots. We don't just like the you know inactive, fully passive participants or recipients, rather of uh, uh, you know of salvation, and, and just kind of are being controlled without any sort of you know our effort or will in this. Um, and so there is a real like no, we have to persevere we need to make it to the end right yeah um 
and that's what this song is is painting or that's that's what this song is honing in on right? right yeah and i think you know so often we're we're black and white in these things which we've already you know discussed to some degree but you know when we have these two parties either you know the free will or you know god's election and sovereignty and so you read these lyrics and you immediately just try to throw it into to one camp or the other say like, oh yeah we believe this we're going to sing it or of course we don't choose to to follow jesus like we can't sing that song it's theologically inaccurate and what you're getting at is that you know there's there's a dynamic here where we do choose each and every day and each and every moment to either choose to to follow Christ or choose to walk in sin. Yeah. And we do that because of the work that the Holy Spirit has done in our hearts and what Christ did for us has given us the freedom to be able to to choose to to follow him for in sure. those moments and we're seeing the evidence of that as this martyr was proclaiming these truths right and walking with a a holy spirit given resolve that's right to not give up that's right and uh and so that's you know where a song like this can uh can be helpful in god's you know kindness used of the spirit and also used in a wrong way you know if we are just over emphasizing uh human responsibility and diminishing God's sovereignty in our salvation, mm. God's sovereignty in our sanctification, um, God's sovereignty in our perseverance uh, to the end, and uh, and and we need to, you know, hold both of those in the same light and with the, this within the same tension, if you want to think of it that way, that the Bible does. Yeah, yeah. you have the the depths of God's election in Romans nine. You know, before the foundation of the world, uh, God uh, uh, made us His. You know, Ephesians discusses and and, uh, um, but you have this in in Romans nine, the depths of God's electing purposes based on His love, His mercy, not on anything that we've done, anything that we've done to earn it. Right alongside Romans chapter uh, uh, ten, that if you confess with your mouth and uh, um, and uh, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You know, and action, our responsibility to confess Christ as Lord and to believe that He is our our Savior, and uh, those two things are stacked right up next to each other with no attempt to try to reconcile them or anything that just both put before us as equally glorious, equally true. Mm. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and so this, you know, while the song maybe is on the one side of that, okay. You know, maybe yeah. in our singing, then, uh, you know, if, if it was like a full service or something like that, first sing, uh, an older hymn, like he will hold me fast <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, you know, sing that first and then sing this song yeah. You know? yeah. and, uh, and order them that way. And then you will have a more full picture of, uh, uh, yeah. of how these two things, you know, stand yeah. Uh, yeah. together. We don't always like that tension that you're discussing. We want mm-hmm. it, you know, we want it black and white. We want just the truth. It just it seems to make it easier and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of that we're constantly having to to work in tension between truths. And I think what that does is it just elevates who God is, that he is incomprehensible, that he operates outside of of, of who we are and and what we understand and that really elevates our faith 
knowing that his character is, is good and, and true and, and loving. Yeah. Um, and we don't have to be scared of that right. tension. Right. And so when it comes to singing a song like this, it, uh, you know, we, where we need to be wise and discerning, you know, whether like when we're singing it personally, especially in the church and how we're using it, you know, I think it, uh, it, it, it is leading people and it has been used to lead people astray or to yep, overemphasize absolutely. our human responsibility and put our faith entirely in our hands and not in Christ's yep, hands. Absolutely. Um, uh, over time and so i don't think we want to use it that way that's right but uh um but but in a wise and discerning way somebody could still you know whether it's pairing it like we've talked about or or uh, or just adding some more teaching or discussion in singing about it or in a certain time and and at the same time realizing like you, you know this is where this is where wisdom just comes into play because one song you know, we can believe in God's sovereignty and, and it, that one song isn't just going to lead somebody down, you know, a wretched path. Like mm. God is more powerful than one song and <laughs> so lyrics true. maybe that are unclear so or true. overemphasize something. Like he is more sovereign than just one song. And so yeah. it's like, ah, oh, we can't do this because mm. even if we enter, we're going to open up the door to all this. Like, well, we can chill out there. <laughs> um and, uh, and take a bigger, longer view. And if our, you know, if our preaching is grounded in God's word, our services are grounded in God's word, we're praying this way, our songs are, are uh, you know, theologically rich and giving a big picture, I think, you know, it's, it's, it, it'll be okay. Right. Yeah. And I think we talk a lot about hermeneutical principles mm-hmm. and the way that we derive truth from Scripture yeah. Um, understanding the original context, the the authorial intent, um, and those types of things. And so yeah. as we're looking at songs and, and whatnot, and obviously these songs aren't, you know, on the same level as Scripture. They're not inspired. Right. But we want to take those same principles of understanding the context, um, the the intent um, of these things to, yeah. to help us to determine whether we want to, to sing them and do they provoke, you know, the worship that the Lord deserves. Yeah. And I think about like, where, where would I now sing this song? Like what, what would be the context for me singing this song? Would it be to myself during a personal devotional time? Like I I'm thinking of the context of which it was written. Like these are mighty statements of faith at the final moments of a, of a man and his family's life before they go and meet with the Lord. How many times have we read Psalms where David's like, bless the Lord, O my soul. Like he's singing these things to himself. He's trying to remind himself and his soul of the goodness of God and, and to, to, to well up within him the, the strength to keep moving forward, remembering God's character, remembering who God is and what he's done for him to continue walking out in faith. Like that's what this, that's what this song is about. It's song of continued steps of obedience and faithfulness in your own walk. Yeah. Like singing that song at the outset of a day after reading God's word and praying, I have decided to follow Jesus. That is who I am. That is what I'm doing today. Yeah. Yeah. And those are good reminders that we need to like, to just set firm in our heart like i have been saved by christ i uh, am his uh, his son 
I have been given the Holy Spirit. Uh, I have the scripture before me. I, you know, all these things are rehearsing and, you know, in line with, I have decided I'm going to continue firm to the end. I've forsaken sin, um, and all this because of Christ in me, you know, then, uh, yeah, that we, yeah, we want to make it to the end. Yeah. We want like, uh, the writer of Hebrews says we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original confidence firm hmm. to the end. Yeah, and I think every Christian that's that's our aim, right? Like we want, you know, the context of that also is not being hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. You hmm. know, like we need to run from our sin. We need to, you know, continue in it because we want to make it to the end. Amen. Um, we, you know, we want to make it and not just like by the skin of our teeth, but we want to make it there, you know, uh, faithfully, confidently knowing what Christ has done in us. And note, this is, this is what we did. I, I didn't, I, cho- I'm not choosing my sin. I didn't choose any other religious system. I didn't choose, you know, uh, uh, the worldly lifestyle. No, I chose to follow Christ because of who Christ is and what he did in me. And so yeah. there's no turning back. No, no, no turning back. And we can't, you know, even that's as right. we uh, say, like, praise God for that. That's right. And, uh, you know, those who are his, are his children will make it to the end. You know, the world is behind me. The cross is before me. There's no turning back. No turning back. Praise God. Praise you know, God. Praise God. We will not turn back. So as uh, hopefully, you know, even this discussion about the historical context, you know, some of the theological nuances and where this song fits is uh, hopefully helpful, you know, as we think about a, a song and those songs that we sing from our childhood. Maybe you have some songs as well that were really meaningful to you growing up or um, or in different seasons of your life that uh, now you're thinking biblically about them. Yeah. And, uh, and that's good. And uh, maybe some research into the history of them, and and uh, more importantly, some uh, research into the theology, yeah. uh, the the biblical references that these songs make will add a depth to the uh, to the lyrics that we sing uh, on our own and corporately together in the church, and that's really what it's about. This is mm. you know where music is a part of our worshiping or loving God with all of our soul. You know, um, as uh, as we think even about the content of these songs, they can uh, lead us to worship or to love God with all of our mind. Uh, that then makes it all just tie together and that much more sweet um, as we think about songs like this and where they play. Yeah, I think it's helpful just to to take some time to, to do that study. And, and we don't just want to do things, you know, blindly. Mm-hmm. We want to do things intentionally. Um with a, a clear and, and sober mind. And um, so just encourage you, if you if you do have some questions, like yeah. do some study, like right. have some fun with it. Dig in and uh, learn what you're singing, why you're singing it, because that's where we yeah. grow in wisdom, grow in discernment yeah. um, to protect those things that, are, that we're putting into our, our hearts, into our minds. Yeah. Why don't we sing that song? Well, there's probably a big answer to all of that that uh, is multifaceted and uh, this is just one example of that so let us be good uh, Bible uh, students full of the spirit full of uh, discernment as we seek to worship God uh, for who he is
Thank you for joining us today on this new season of Consider It, Ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. We welcome your questions regarding life theology in the church. You can submit these questions by texting the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505. To learn more about redemption, visit us online at redemption.bible. Thank you for listening. Our aim each episode is to be truthful and helpful to the glory of God. Join us next time on Consider.